How many know most of us are not ready to run 24 miles? 26. Thank you. We have, see, we have two marathon runners. Praise the Lord. Everybody look at her and say, you're awesome. Now, how many have ever started out maybe in your gym class, maybe you were doing the mile, I think we've all had to do that, and you started off running, but you didn't finish running? Anybody want to tell on themselves? If you start off, I want to do it. And you're just like one lap, and you're like, oh, Lord, I can't do it. And then before you know, you're just like, oh, come on. You know what? I want to tell you that life is like a race. Life is a race that we are running right now. And you know what? The race that we're running couldn't be for a higher price. Jesus said that the race you're running is for your salvation. Now, I want to tell you right at the beginning that you're not saved by your works. So it's not how good you run is determined on how much you're saved. Like, if I run really fast, I'm now saved really much. And if I run slow, I'm really not saved. No, it's not dependent upon how you run, if you're saved or not. You're saved by grace through faith. Everybody say, by grace through faith. But you see, when God gives you that gift, now you have to carry it to the end. And you know what? He even says, I'll help you do that. He says, if you carry, he says, if you are heavy laden with burdens, you're weighed down, I'll carry that with you. You're not alone. But still, as a free will moral agent, you and I are responsible to finish what God started in our lives, to let him move in our lives. And what some people don't understand is that you have the opportunity to say to God, no, I don't want to run anymore. And that is one of the saddest things to see in life is when I see people do what we call backslide. Everybody say backslide. Thank you. When somebody is running, they're doing good, and all of a sudden they get to that kind of trot, and then they're walking, and they say, oh, man, forget this, I quit. You don't see them at church anymore. You don't see them reading their Bible. They once used to believe in God. They would profess, oh, I believe in God, I pray. Now they don't even know if it's real. Oh, I don't know if Jesus even existed. How many have seen somebody like that? Come on, how many might have experienced that yourself? I know at one time I backslid. I turned my back on God. I quit the race. I want you to look at Acts chapter 20, verse 4, because today I want to talk to you about the race, and I want to give you four important things. The first one is you are in a race called the faith race. Everybody say the faith race. Acts 20, verse 24, this is Luke describing what happened during this time. He said, however, I consider my life nothing, uh, worth nothing to me. This is Paul taking down the words. Uh, Luke taking down the words of Paul, rather. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. You see, Paul said, I've got to finish the race. Somebody say, finish the race. You see, you are in a marathon race. This is not a sprint. Because if I said, hey, how many want to run from here? To here, from this wall to that wall, we'd be like, yeah, I'll do that. Then as I said, okay, how many want to run from here to downtown? Uh, I'll take a bus. i got to tell on my friend right now, Josh, you know, the guy who wants to do the, the, um, the, the feeding ministry. We all said we want to go bike riding, and so we all get our bikes, and I'm with another brother, and we're just rocking and rolling. And before you know it, Josh is getting further back, but I'm like, he'll catch up. He's getting further back. And then before you know it, I don't see him anymore. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we're... We're going from Addison down to the lake. Okay, I mean, it's straight shot. He can't get lost. We're just, you know, rocking and rolling. We get down there. He's nowhere to be found. We're waiting for him to him to come. He still doesn't come. I'm telling on you, brother. And about a half hour goes by. 
And then he calls us, and he, and, and he says, where are you guys? I said, well, I'm waiting at the Taco Bell right here by Wrigley Field, waiting for it. He says, I'm already at the lake on the grass. We ride over there. I said, brother, how in the world did you get by us? He said, I took the bus. I was like, you sly dog. I was like, I didn't even know. He said, yeah, you pulled down this thing, you put your bike in. There I went. He said, I actually passed by you guys. Now, my friends, I wish in life that there were just things that we could just say to God, God, I want to take the bus. How many know that when bad things happen in our life, we want to just take the bus? Maybe you lose a loved one. You, you just want to say, God, I, I don't know if I can make it through. I just want to take the bus. And so many times we get to that point because it's not a sprint. It's not something that we just start and we can see the finish line and boom, we're done. No, this, this life is, is pretty long, isn't it? And sometimes it can get pretty hard and at certain times you don't even see the finish line. As a matter of fact, most of us don't. You know, unless you're like 90 years old, you don't see the finish line. Well, Paul said, I want to finish the race and complete what God had for me. Now turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. Because you have to understand that there's no way around this. You're in a race. You might as well enjoy it and might as well get trained to enjoy the race. You see, if Josh would keep bike riding with us, he could get it eventually. Amen? You see, nothing's impossible, the Bible says, for those that believe. You know, if you would have first came to me and said, Hey, Joe, are you happy to be saved? I'd be like, yes, yes, I love Jesus. Joe, are you not going to have sex until you get married? That's right, because God's going to let me find my wife in two years. If you would have looked at me that day and said, Joe, listen, come here. You're not going to get married until you're 28, 10 years from now. How many know that would have freaked me out a little bit? You see, it's actually good sometimes that God doesn't show you the finish line. You see, it's actually good that God just says, one step at a time. Just one step at a time. Come on, one day at a time. You know, because God doesn't want you to get overwhelmed with the task in front of you. God wants you to trust in Him. Jeremiah 12, 5, though, says you have to build up some endurance. It says, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble and save country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Think about that. Excuse me, if you can't keep up with men, he's saying, how are you going to race with the horses? And the, and the lesson is there, hey, man, if you can't go through what you're going through now, how are you going to go through what's coming ahead? Well, Pastor, I don't want to go through that. No, you don't have a choice. See, life comes at you either way. You see, you can't tell life, no, I, no, I don't want to lose my mom, or I don't want to go through a recession. You know, come on, how many just, you know, understand we don't control life like that? And so what God is teaching us is, hey, you've got to build up some endurance in this. And you've got to understand it's a faith race. And so what are we building up? We're building up our faith. Because in life, what does it come down to? Do I trust God or do I not trust God? Am I in this for God and His glory? Or is somehow it not working out the way I planned and I don't feel right about it anymore, God, and I quit? You see, the first thing that you have to realize is when you accepted Christ into your heart and you said, Jesus, I want to live for you, that moment he said, he shot off the gun and he said, start racing. He, that, that gun, I used to have a starter gun, and it would startle you. I mean, it's a lot, it's like pop, and that thing goes off. He said, now it's time to run. You see, some of us, when we got saved, we thought it was just time to sit down and say, okay, I'm saved now. Okay, everything's good. No, God says, you've got to run. You see, because if water stops moving, it becomes stagnant. 
And, and it becomes a swamp, and, and that, that water begins to deteriorate and become disease-infested. But if it's flowing, it can be fresh water spring. You see, it can bring life. And God is saying to you, this is a race. You cannot stay here. And the good thing about this race, my friends, is it's not a race based on ability or giftings or your age or your ability to think through things, your wisdom. No, you know what it's based on? Do you trust God? Because once you got saved, now he's saying, okay, here's the goal. It's from here to heaven, one day at a time. Your life is going to change. You're going to touch people's lives for my glory. You're going to raise a family. You're going to do all these things. You may not see them now, but they're all in front of you. You ready? Let's go. And the options that you have at that moment, and Christians, you do have options. You can go to heaven and still be at the first stepping uh, the block of the race. You can go to heaven. Did you ask Jesus in your heart? Yes. Were you forgiven of sin? Yes. But did you do what God called you to do? No. You just stayed right at the starting block. You can do that. That's your first option. The second option is, is you can go, but you can go with an attitude. Okay, come on, God. What do you have next? You can go unwillingly. That's rebellion. That's you saying, come on, you know, God, it's not really nothing to get excited about. I'll just kind of coast through. Or you can do the third thing. You can say, God, I want to race with horses. God, come on, man. Give me some creatine. You know, juice me up on this thing, the good juice. I mean, the Holy Ghost juice. What was that one that Brother Anthony said last week? And he, we, we thought it was about the Holy Ghost, and he was trying to say something else. You got a dose of the Holy Ghost. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. The second thing that you have to realize is you got to run with everything you have. You see, yeah, you can stay at the starting block, and you can... You know, say, God, come on, I, you know, I'm just going to go to heaven. He'll be gracious to you. You won't take nobody with you. You won't live in victory, and you'll see a lot of people pass you by. Or you can run with everything you have. And really, the Bible doesn't give you any other option. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Come on, somebody say, one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. See, do you want to run just to say, well, you know, I came to church, I did what they told me to do, or do you want to run in a way to win the prize? Now, let me tell you who you're competing against. It's not me. You're competing against yourself. And let me explain what I mean by that. God knew from eternity past who you would be, who I would be, what talents and abilities we would have, what relationships we would have. And he gave us a life, an awesome life, and he says, run this and you'll please me in all that you do. And God is now saying when you're saved, do you want to run that race or do you not want to run it? You see, because if you run your own race, you get no prize. The Bible says there will be Christians on the day of judgment that will get in by the skin of their teeth. And most of us don't really have a lot of skin. This is we didn't brush our teeth, and that's called plaque or something. But, you know, I guess there's these little layers on our teeth. And the Bible says by the skin of your teeth, you'll get to heaven, but you'll have no rewards. You'll see people in heaven, they'll have the crown of life with jewels for souls. You'll sit next to the person from India. He'll have this crown of, of, of life on his head. And you'll say, man, where did you get all those beautiful gems? He'll say, well, this is the time I went to the orphanage and I fed the poor. And this is the time I, you know, I went and I preached the gospel when I was tired. And then you're going to say, man, what was, what's that big one? And he's going to say, well, that's when I gave my life for Jesus. You know? And this is the martyrdom reward for me just living for God in a persecuted nation. And then he's going to look at you and he's going to say, he's going to say, let me see your crown. You're going to pull out this little Burger King crown. Ta-da. 
So I say, okay, what did you do? Go to church on Sunday? All right, okay, next. See, I don't want to have a Burger King crown in heaven. You know why? Because in heaven, you're crowning him, the Bible says, with many crowns. And it's a fictitious example, but somehow it works like this. The Bible says you're crowning him with many crowns. And so I don't want the day when we're out there in the stadium of heaven and this guy from India saying, Jesus, this one's for you, my life, this crown, here it is, Jesus. And he throws it out and Jesus gets that big smile. And then all of a sudden I got my Burger King crown and I throw it, little Holy Ghost wind, and it blows right back. I don't want that type of crown. I want the type of crown, you know, where the angels got to pull out the truck, boop, 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 and bring it to Jesus. There you go, Jesus. My crown. My life for His glory. Somebody say, my life for His glory. You see, you're running a race. Do you want to win? See, the question is, do you want to win? You're already running it. Do you want to win? Do you want to get the prize? The prize is God saying to you at the end, well done. You did it. I gave you a life. It was difficult, but I gave you the power to overcome it. You ran it. You might have made mistakes, but you finished it. Well done. Here's the crown. Here's the prize. Here's the reward. If you want it, say amen. Keep reading. Verse 25 of that same chapter. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Hello, somebody. See, that's where we got to get real now. See, if you want to win in a marathon, you got to go into strict training. You want to win in Christianity, you got to be strict with yourself. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. You know, with the chicken. Oh, I'm just going to do this. No, I'm just going to go to church today. I may not go next week, but I'm just going to go. No, that's not aim. We're not running aimlessly. He says he's got his eye on a target. I do not fight like a man beating the air. How silly would that be if you saw a boxer, come on, he's just like throwing punches all up in the air. It's like, and he just goes right down. Come on. How many Christians are like that? You don't pray. Just every now and then you throw out, God bless me today. Help me, Lord. Be with me on my test. And God's like, what are you doing? Didn't I teach you how to pray better than that? Pray with some focus. Come on. Somebody say, help us, Lord. He said, look at verse 27. No, I beat my body, and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. See, Paul says, I'm going to run in such a way to win. I'm going to have strict discipline. You might ask yourself, well, Joe, why do you guys have these 201 classes, 101? Maybe you're new at the church. You're trying to figure out. Man, it kind of sounds like it's complicated. Why do you do all that? You know why? We want you to be strict in your spiritual life. We don't want you to just let any television show come into your life. That could slow you down in the race. We don't want any relationship to come into your life. We're going to teach you how to have the right relationships because a bad marriage could ruin your children's lives and their children. Come on. So we want you to be strict. We want you to be strict with your habits and how you spend your time because you're running a race. And this pastor, or you could say coach, wants to see you win. You see, I could be a coach that says, you know what? As long as I got a lot of racers in my church, I'm happy. Okay, Deacon, how many we have today? You had 10,000, Pastor. Okay, I've done great. How many know you could have a New York marathon with a million people? That doesn't mean all million are finishing the finish line. You know who I want to be like? I want to be like that sergeant 
that walked before the casket of my nephew and said to his boys before they went to Afghanistan, I'll never leave your side, even unto death. So they left no man behind. He was a Marine. And when he even died, the sergeant brought him back to his hometown, walked down the street with the casket behind him, horse-drawn carriage, and then put him in the grave and said, now we're done. You see, I want to follow you to the end. You see, I want to follow. I don't care what you go through. I don't care what battles you're going through. I don't care how tough it gets. I'm either going to go to heaven before you or I'll be there when you get to heaven. But that's how I'm going to do this as a pastor. It's not okay for me just for you to show up to the race. I want to see you finish the race. And that's for every single person here. And that's the tenacity we should have for each other. And we should check each other from time to time. Hey, how are you running the race? How are things going in your life? Do you need a, you know, a pick-me-up? Do you need a Gatorade? You know, people hand those Gatorades to the people. Do you need some prayer? Let's pray for your brother. Let's pray for you, sister. Why? Because we want everyone to reach the end. Amen? Turn with me to 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. You must run the race with everything you have. Paul teaching Timothy. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Do you want to say that as your final words on this planet? That's what I want to say. One day we're all going to meet Jesus. You know what I want to say on that day, Tammy? I finished my race. Here's the baton. You ever watch those guys, man, with the baton? Bam! They take it. It's like a, it's like a flawless handoff. It's like they got that thing so timed that right when that comes, it's like they don't stop. They move as one. That's all I want it to be. One day I won't be here anymore. But you know what will still be here? This Bible. I always think of myself as a pastor, as a grandpa at times. And I think of Nick Jr. and Johnny. And I think of our children. And I think of what will they say about me? What will Lily say about me? When she says goodbye that day, will she say, Joe finishes race, I'll take the baton? Or are they going to say, oh, that was just another old pastor? What are people going to say about you when your life is over? Oh, yeah, they sure love to shop. Oh, the, oh man, they were a workaholic. They love the bear. Are people going to be at your funeral and say, hey, Grandma Sue Ellen finished the race? Come on. Grandpa Nelson ran hard for God. Grandma Gloria gave it all she had. You see, I want to be like Paul at the end of my days and say, I finished it. And I want you to see two examples of what can happen in life. Look at Proverbs 24, verse 16, and Proverbs 29, verse 1. Proverbs 24, verse 16, Proverbs 29, verse 1. Because you know when you run with everything you have, sometimes you trip and fall, don't you? Have you ever just seen somebody fall and you just couldn't help but laugh? Come on, let's just be honest. They're running hard, trip, boom, and you're like, oh, gosh. Some of you aren't as bad as me. Pray for me, but I do. I actually go to YouTube and I watch them. You can, you can put them in. Yes, I'm telling them. Go to YouTube. Say best falls. You can watch people fall off stages. You can watch them fall while they're running, falling off merry-go-rounds. I love watching that. It just cracks me up. It's good, clean humor. Some of you all just don't think I'm cool anymore, but I'm sorry. Some of you be at home. Great falls. Wow, that's funny. He was right. But you've seen people run with all they have. I see my baby. She tries to run with all she has. She falls. I've run in football. You fall on a gr- blade of grass. You don't know how. Like poof. You don't know how you fell, but you fell. You know what? I skateboard a lot. Fall. I go snowboarding. Fall a lot. I wish they had paddings for the backside. Hello. Two ways to react to falls. Because you're running with everything you have. The question is, am I going to fall? No, the question is, when you fall, what are you going to do? 
You will fall. And I'm not here to say, let's just make excuses. Let's just say we can sin. Here's a freebie sin card. Sin whenever you want because nobody's perfect. No, I'm just being realistic. As you're pursuing Christ, as you're pursuing perfection, as you're pursuing a better attitude, you know, better devotion, more strict life, you're going to fall. Things will not go right. You'll make a mistake. Here's two ways of reacting to it. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says this, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. So the first example is, boom, oh, man, that dude fell. But he gets back up. Boom, you see that girl, man, she had an attitude today. But she's repenting, what? Oh, she's getting back up. Boom, where was so-and-so? They skipped church for a week, but now they're back. You see, when you want to live for God, no matter how hard you fall, you will get back up. I remember getting disciplined all throughout Bible college. I was like that little thing, come down, right back up. He's back, right back up. You ever seen those little kids' toys? Because there was something in my heart that said, I can't quit this thing. You see, a righteous man will fall. Yes, have, have I made mistakes? Yes. Will you make mistakes? Yes. But you know what the difference is? You don't quit. You don't quit. You get back up. So what? You look silly. So what? You were embarrassed. So what? Maybe you have to step down from a leadership position. So what? You're not growing as fast as you want to grow. So what? People don't look at you the same. You know what? I would rather look right in God's eyes than man's eyes. I remember at a time in my life when I was dealing with a denomination and they were upset with me and they had all these charges against me for my uh, attitude because I was so upset with them and we got into a big discussion and I remember just coming to them repenting. You know why? Because I said, I'm done fighting with you guys. I said, I'm done. And you know what? They dropped their things against me and we went on in peace. You know what that was? That was a young man saying, hey, you knocked me down, but I'll get back up. I'll start another church. I'll go do something else. It's okay if we had disagreements. I know that God's on my side. I'm not going to quit. And that's the tenacity you have to have in yourself. No matter how many times I fall, I'll get back up. If you're struggling with a sin, you confess it. The Bible says you're forgiven. Seventy times seven. You confess it, you confess it. You get rid of it. One day you're going to live to learn, learn to live in victory. Amen? Now look at Proverbs chapter 29. There's another way to handle it. Obviously, this is not going to be the good way. This is the way you don't want to handle it. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, talks about if you don't listen, if you don't change, and you try to do things the same way. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, says this, A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. So somebody says to you, hey, man, come on, you need to change your course here. No, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. No, come on, it's not working out for you. You're not doing the right thing. No, I'm going to keep doing it. You keep refusing to listen. You keep refusing to change. You're going to break something. And those times hurt. And those times are hard when you break something. Now, can God repair you and you be healed? Yes. But there's a difference just between falling, boom, okay, I get back. I'm all right, play it all. You know what I'm saying? And then, boom, oh, Lord, call the ambulance. There's a difference, isn't there? My mom fell in the garage, broke her leg one time in three places, had to be on crutches for six months. There's a difference between that and me slipping on the ice like I did the other day. You see, one is saying, hey, you know what? God's dealing with you. You're listening to correction. You're running. You may make a mistake, but God's dealing with you. The other one is God's trying to talk to you, but you're not listening. And the warnings get more severe and more severe. And finally, he breaks something. You don't want to react that way. Amen? 
Now turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. What you've learned is that you're in a faith race, number one. Number two, you've learned that you must run with everything you have to receive a prize. And number three, don't let anyone get you off track. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. Paul is dealing with the Galatia church that had liars and hypocrites and uh, um, heretical teachings come in and tell them lies about the gospel. One of the things that they were telling these guys is that they couldn't eat pork, no more lechon, and they had to all be circumcised to be saved. Somebody say, that's muy mal, man. (laughs) No more lechon. Listen. These guys were Jewish people telling them they had to abide by the Jewish law. And that was sin to them because you don't have to abide by that law. Look what Paul says in Galatians 5, 7. If you, if you can notice, most of these examples of the race are coming from Paul. He loved that illustration. Galatians 5, 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Today, if you find yourself stumbling in your race, let me ask you, who cut in on you? Who cut and just tripped you? Somebody said the devil. But the devil, I said somebody said the devil. But you know what? The devil comes in different forms, shapes, and sizes, doesn't he? Sometimes he's the one you're looking at in the mirror. You can cut in on yourself. Sometimes you can let what people do across the side of this aisle mess you up. Well, so-and-so didn't look at me right. Well, so-and-so did this, and it will cut in on your race. I've seen people leave this church, and because of their offense, never go to church again. It's like, what? That's like me going to McDonald's not liking and going, okay, I'm, because of this, I'm never eating food again. Take that. Okay. How many know if you don't like the restaurant, you just go somewhere else to still eat food? I've seen people like, I'm quitting on God because of you guys. And I'm like, hello, God is pretty big. And if you really feel that way, we'd rather you go to another church and find Jesus somewhere else than just go to hell then, okay? And sometimes we'll see people come to this church from like, well, they said this, and I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore. And I'm thinking, have you lost your mind? They are not worth going to hell over. God is bigger than that church. God is bigger than this church. My friend, don't let anybody cut in on your race. There was a pastor a few years back. Listen, he got caught not only being homosexual, but having homosexual sex with a prostitute. Not only that, while being on drugs. The dude was doing crystal meth in homosexual love affairs with prostitutes. How many know he cut in and tripped a whole lot of people because they wanted to quit because of him? Listen to me. He goes down and like, all right, see you later, buddy. You want, you want to do crystal meth and be in boys' town? I said, all right, look, I'll pray for you, okay? Listen, it's time, my friends, to run your race. You might say, Pastor, will help him. Okay, do you want to get up? No, I'm, I'm going to stay right here. Okay. My friends, I had pastors backslide. I, I watched the pastor I started off in ministry with cheat on his uh, wife with the secretary. Okay, that's you, man. I'm running. Hello, somebody. How many know if I said to all y'all right here, there's a million dollars in Humboldt Park. First one there gets it. I mean, you ain't stopping for nobody. Why are you hitting me like, dude, come on. I don't care who wants to go to hell. I'm going to heaven. There is nothing noble with you going to hell with somebody else going to hell, okay? 
The best thing you can do from is pray, hey, you want a hand? You want to come? But look, I am going this way. I am going for. I am following Jesus. And Jesus said that. People said, Jesus, we want to come with you. But first, we want to do all this. Jesus said, y'all, y'all hang out in the pit stop. I'm getting on the track. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Come on, look at Revelations 2.10. The end of the book talks about people are going to try to even steal your crown. Here you've worked so hard for it. You see, the Galatian people were being lied to, but there's actually wicked people that want to take it from you. Revelation 2.10, they just don't want to see you go to heaven. They don't want to see you happy. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Revelations 2.10, I tell you the truth. The devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. You know, the devil will use people. You know that there's people right now, as you can see on that uh, poster board back there with persecution, there are people, used of the devil, but people nonetheless, who are killing us for being Christians. They just don't want us to be Christians. And they're killing us. They don't kill Buddhists. They don't, they don't kill, you know, the Hindus. They don't, they don't kill whatever else other religions out there, the Baha'is. But they'll kill us. Why? Because we're so different and we preach the truth and the devil hates it. Look at Revelations 3.11. Don't let people take your crown. Even if you were to suffer for Jesus, don't give up your race. Don't let anyone get you off track. Revelations 3.11. I am coming soon, Jesus said. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Everybody put your hand on your head and say, ain't nobody taking my crown. Come and look at your neighbor and say, you can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> you see, you've got to imagine what the illustration is here. These are the Greek Olympics. These people would run for a little grass, uh, you know, a little vegetable, whatever you call it, vegetation crown. There you go. little green thing on their head. Not even a gold crown. That's what he's referring to. But you know why it was so important? Because you were the baddest dude on that track. And you didn't care what, if, that, if that's what they were giving out for the winner, you wanted that thing. And Paul is using this illustration saying, you'll receive the crown of life. You're receiving what God has done through your life as a gift, this family, this love, this prosperity. I mean, I, I could just keep you here all day. The joy, the peace, all of this, he's giving it to you. Yeah, it will come with trials. Yes, it will come with tests, but hold on to it. And the Bible says then when you left this world, you'll have eternal blessings forevermore. Amen? I still believe in a heaven. Do you still believe in heaven? Do you still believe that's where winners go? Amen? And those are for people who finished the race. Number one, you are in a race called faith. You've got to remember that today. Number two, run with everything you have. Don't give it half-hearted. You won't get a prize. Number three, don't let anyone get you off track. And lastly, you've got to persevere to the end. Turn with me to Hebrews 12, verse 1. I hardly ever preach with points like I'm doing today, but I feel they're so important. That's why I'm reiterating them, especially what our church is going through and all the growth. Sometimes you see people get stuck and you're wondering what's going on as everybody else is growing. You know what? Somebody cut in on your race. Get back to running. Some of you are noobs and you want to start to run and you say, man, I want to be like that. You can do it. Come on, run. There ain't no difference. Everybody can run the race that God's given them. Hebrews 12, verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. Thank you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Everybody say, perseverance. 
Do you want, you want to know what that word perseverance is? Write this down in your notes. The word perseverance means the characteristic of a man or woman who is not swear, uh, is not um, swayed. Let me start again. The characteristic of a man or woman who is not swayed from their deliberate purpose or their loyalty to faith or good works, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. I'm going to say that again. The characteristic, this is what perseverance is, the characteristic of a man or woman who is not swayed from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty, their loyalty to faith and their loyalty to good works by even the greatest trials and sufferings. You're saying, I'm not going to give up being who God called me to be. Even if I go through the hardest times, I won't give up. You have to determine that in your heart. You know this as well as I do. Those of you who have done anything physical, whether it's lifting weights, mowing your grass, if you say at the beginning, I can't do this, I can't do this, then you won't. But if you start off with a positive mindset, I know I can do this, I know I can finish this, you will. And think of it spiritually. Now you're saying, through Christ I can do this. Through Christ I can get through this relationship. Through Christ I can go to college. Through Christ I can live in a family that my parents don't serve the Lord. Through Christ I can get restored and become a leader again. Through Christ I can become a missionary and change the world. Through Christ I can finish the race and see 100,000 people with 50 churches, 500 around the world. Thank you, Lord. Through Christ we can finish. Because I'm persevering through Christ, I can change my attitude. Through Christ, I can receive all that God has for me. Through Christ, I can finish this. See, you see, all the areas of your life, you're saying, through Christ, I can. I have faith. I believe. Would you stand up with me, please? Come on. Hallelujah. Ish, would you come to the guitar, please? I want to encourage us today, as a congregation, to run the faith race. How many needed to hear that word this morning? Are you encouraged by it? Amen. I, I really, really believe in that. Oh, thank you. You didn't have to clap, though. I'm just asking. If you want to clap, you can clap again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is what I believe. I believe in here there's two types of people. We may have somebody that doesn't know the Lord, so maybe technically you're three. You need to start the race, okay? Become born again. Get on the track. Let's have fun. It's a good race. We'll run with you. But two specific people the Lord put in my, my heart for this are for those, number one, that have gotten off course. Something has come into your race, whether it's a person, your own self, your faults, and you don't know what to do. I want to tell you from this scripture, therefore seeing you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that is the people before you who have run the same race. You're not the only one to fall into sin. You're not the only one to have gone through a hard childhood. You're not the only one to have made mistakes. There's people that are in heaven right now that have finished the race that you're trying to run, okay? Since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, now lay aside, take off every weight and sin that hinders you. So for those of you right now, you're saying something has hindered me. Okay, maybe it's not a sin. Maybe you're not going out committing adultery, looking at pornography. So it's a weight. Maybe it's an attitude, a mindset, a family member. The Bible says, throw it off. Take it off. Are you listening? How many know a marathon by itself would be very difficult? But how about a marathon carrying a 50-pound pack on your back? 
becomes impossible. You start adding weight to that, the strongest person will not be able to do it. I remember watching Biggest Loser, one of my favorite shows, because it gives hope to people, life transformation. I love it. encourages me. And you know what? The, the trainer said, I'm going to take on all the excess weight you have. So he was helping a, a person understand how much weight that was. He said, I'm an average person. Bob did this. And he said, I'm going to take on your 300 pounds extra weight. And when he put it on, he couldn't even stand up by himself. People had to help him. Listen to me. You can't run your race with that junk on you. You have got to throw that off. I couldn't run race with bitterness towards my family. I'm just like you. Listen to me. Nobody's different than you in that sense. Yes, you may have a different life experience, but sometimes you're like, man, you know, they make it look easy. No, the difference between us is we got rid of our ways. I couldn't do it with that junk in my life. I had to get free. I had stuff in my life, friends. That's why I'm running the way I'm running. I got free from that. And so, number one, get, get rid of the weights. The second thing is get rid of the sin. Sin is things that you can stop doing, you know. When you sin, it's breaking God's command. And God is saying, stop doing that. Because every time you sin, you know what that's like you're doing? That's like you just sitting down and not running anymore. That's like you breaking your leg or something. You're hurting yourself. How many know the Bible and the commands are actually good for us? How many know stealing is not really good for us? So how many know when we steal, that's actually hurting us, right? So that's the first group. I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter if you have weights and it feels like 300 extra pounds just sitting on you. You can get free today. It doesn't matter if it's sin, your own mistakes. You can be free. Now the second group, and you're the first group, become a part of the second group when you do those things. The second group is running. And you're saying, man, Pastor, I'm with you, bro. I'm going to run. I don't care what happens. I'm going to run my little tail off. I'm going to tell you what to do. Therefore, seeing you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, therefore, throw off every weight and sin that so easily entangles you and run with perseverance the race marked out for you. Just don't give up. We come back next week, slap by five. You made it another lap, made it another lap. Come on, Pastor. Another week down. Come on, another week down. Some people ask me, Pastor, you know, especially my old friends, dude, how did you go 14 years as a Christian and not go back to all of that? You know what? One day at a time with Jesus. Come on. Just one day. Come on. How did you go 14? Jesus. Come on. People, people are going to ask you that. People who know you. Man, how did you change? How did you? One day with Jesus. One day. One day. There used to be a song. One day at a time with Jesus. Persevere. This is not a sprint. This is not go home, read your Bible, and become St. Luke by the end of the night. This is work it out with Jesus every day. Tomorrow, it's going to be its own challenges. Next week's going to be its own challenges. And I'm so glad God didn't tell us next month's challenges because we'd freak out right now. One day at a time with Jesus. Persevere. Never give up. I want to see all you off the finish line. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for this wonderful church of racers. We showed up today to run another lap, God. We've taken time out to get some strategies on how to run the best race so we can get a prize, Father. And so, Lord, I lift up those in this room today that are running a race that need to lay down the things that are hindering them. If you're in that category, just as I'm praying, just come to this altar right now. And as a sign of laying it down, just take your hand and put it at the altar and confess it to God right now. And just say, man, I'm going to lay this at the altar. I'm taking off the weight of what my family's done, what my friends have done, what I did to myself. Um, Come on, just set it at this altar. No condemnation or bondage today. No condo bondo. It's just racers saying, i got to lighten the load a little bit. 
Thank you, Lord. God, I pray right now that every weight gets taken off shoulders, lives, families, right now in Jesus' name. God, we want to run this race for the prize. And God, whenever each one of my brothers and sisters have laid at these altars, I come in agreement with them, and I count it as off their shoulders right now. Come on, as you're laying it down, just begin to say, I'm free from that in Jesus' name. If it's immorality, say, I'm free from immorality. If it's whatever, stealing, lying, friendship, hurt, abuse, come on, say, I'm free. Come on, some of the elders, quickly come and just start laying your hands on them right now. If you want to confess it to them, you can. Otherwise, they're just going to touch your shoulder and pray for you right now as a sign that you're free, that you're not going to carry it anymore. Come on, you got to be free from cigarettes one day to go a year. Just go one day today. I remember the first time when I was a Christian, I fell on my face at the carpet. I remember eating carpet dust that day in my bedroom. And I said, God, I never want to smoke again. I never want to sp- No, God, I know that will hinder me. It will hinder me. Come on. That was my first day. It's been 14 years now. Come on, there was a day I said, Lord, I don't ever want to look at pornography again. God, I just don't want to do it. It hinders me. Come on, 14 years. Come on, you can do this. Everybody up here, we're praying for you. Those that are in this room, just stretch your hands towards them as you're praying right now for them. God, do it, Lord. We want to see them finish. We love them. Jesus, there was a day that bitterness, I had bitterness towards my enemies, and it affected me. God said, lay it down. I said, I don't know how, Lord. He said, confess it. I did. Come on, God loosed me from that. How great it is to be free. You're going to feel today like a load's been lifted off your shoulders. You're going to run harder. You're going to run faster. You're going to run longer. Jesus. Jesus. Freedom in this place. Come on, brother. Sing it for us. Jesus. Sing it around it. So great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside. Let's lay aside every way and the sin which does so easily beset us. And the sin which does so easily beset us. Come on, it's time to run like never before. You're free. You're free. You're free. It's time to run like you've never run before. Jesus, you're free. You're free. Run the race. Jesus. You're free. You're free to run. Jesus. Hallelujah. You're free. You're free to run. Thank you, Lord. Never again. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Never the same. Run your race. Therefore, see, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside. Let us lay aside every, every way and the sin which does so easily beset us. And the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race. Looking, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Oh, thank you, Lord. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Would the rest of you just raise your hands? We're going to pray now for perseverance. We're going to pray that we'll finish. I want you to pray for yourself and three others right now as you're standing. Come on, pray that pray that I'll finish. Would you, saints, brothers and sisters, would you pray that I'll finish? Oh, God, somebody pray for me. Come on, I'm praying for you today. Jesus, I pray we finish the race. I don't want to preach to others and myself be lost. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I pray Dylan finishes the race today, God. Let us set aside I pray for my wife, oh God. Let Nancy finish her race, oh God. Oh, encourage Bethany as a child to finish it, God. I pray today for Dahlia, for Lily, for Miguel, that God, they'll finish the race, Lord. God, I pray for the men in the dorms, Adolfo, Adam, Davi, Josh, Eddie Berto, Jared, Ellie, oh God, Robert, Jonathan, I pray they finish, God. Let them finish strong, God. Pray for the young ladies, God. Pray for our children. If you can, we're going to sing this from the beginning and closing today. It's from the scripture. Just give me a moment to tell him. It says, Wherefore, seeing we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. As you feel released of the Lord, just stand, if you can, around this altar. And let's just sing this today as a profession of our faith. We're not giving up. We'll have the characteristic of tenacity, no matter what trials we face, to keep our faith in God, to keep our good works, and to keep our calling. We're not giving it up. Come on, wherefore sin? Wherefore sin was surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us set aside every weight And the sin which does so easily beset us And let us run with patience to race Looking unto Hallelujah. Father, I pray for us this week that we'll run another lap strong. We'll all finish strong this week. That God will see our life, God, as a marathon. And that, Lord, we'll just come to you if we fall. We won't give up. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we bless the Lord today? Hallelujah. Will you slap somebody high five and say, You want to race with me?